Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of In Case You Missed It, episode 35 for those who are keeping count. This time I'm by myself as I just wanted to give you guys an episode. Um, scheduling wise we couldn't, weren't able to make it work because the way Tommy was going to be on this show unfortunately. And we're busy people and I wanted to get a show out there for you guys. It, a bit of a snow and news week so there's not too much to talk about anyway. Um, but as always let's start with... Uh, the week's film trailers, uh, quite a lot actually this week. I think there are several others I've left off this list, particularly second trailers for um, The King's Man and uh, 1917, which both Kingsman comes out in uh, the beginning of next year, February next year, and 1917 in a couple of months. And they also let out a feature um, about how they made the film and the cinematography behind that. Um, and how it's all going to be one shot, which we kind of already was rumoured and was all but confirmed anyway. Um, but they look great, so go and check those out. Um, the first one that we're really going to talk about here is the first trailer for Michael Bay's next film, which is going to be on Netflix, called Six Underground, starring Ryan Reynolds. And as all Michael Bay films tend to have uh, good cinematography, you think of like the Transformers trailers, they all look they all technically look great. Um, I think by the end, people were cottoned on and knew what to look for. And there's what what's missing. What what are they hiding here? And um, but they're still great trailers. They all have great moments in. And I think you can say the same about this. And with someone like Ryan Reynolds on it, that's gonna draw people to watch it. It being a Netflix film as well, I think is really gonna. This is really gonna be one of the big hits. I think it's gonna. Uh, be a sort of similar situation to a bright where lots of people will watch it in such a short place space of time as to when it comes out. I think there's going to be a lot of hype behind this when you've got a star like Ryan Reynolds in the lead of this. Um, and I'm glad he's going away from Transformers and kind of just doing his own thing. And I think of something like when he did 13 Hours a couple of years ago, which was really good. So he's got, has got talent and... I like that he's going away from doing Transformers. I'm I'm really happy about that and just doing his own thing because he we've seen films that he's done before and he's, he has got talent. And um, you think of Bad Boys and stuff. Um, he's obviously not involved in the new one, which I think is a shame for that franchise because it's something he's he created. And I think even the new trailer seems like they're trying to replicate his sort of style. Um, and even this this trailer has a bit of. The four six underground has a bit of bad boys sort of vibes to it, so um, I'm interested to see this one. I'm really excited about it, and it's a yes for me. Uh, the next one we got uh, was for Birds of Prey, and I don't know uh, a small teaser was playing before it chapter two for this one, uh, but they released the full trailer for this uh, during the week. We get to see Harley Quinn back now, not with the Joker as we knew, we're not expecting return from. Jared Leto after loads of his stuff got cut out from Suicide Squad and obviously with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker now I think that confused audiences a little bit um, particularly ones that aren't into comics and stuff um, but I don't know this trailer is an odd one for me I think is and I'm really interested to see how this film does in general because I think Harley Quinn's obviously the big selling point and that's why they've got the and the emancipation of one Harley Quinn and as the added bit to the title as well and um I like that it's the same sort of thing as they did with Suicide Squad getting someone like a Will Smith like a Margot Robbie to sell the film and then you get introduced to all these other new characters 
Um, so it makes sense. I think this film is going to be for the people who enjoy the Birds of Prey comics. You c- it feels a little bit more like a comic book than some of the other films. The like, especially looking at Joker, which is going to be the comparison, I feel, because of the... Well, obviously, Suicide Squad is technically, but this is... The Joker's been the most recent DC film to have come out. I think people are going to naturally compare it to that. Um, or And I think the audience is going to get a bit confused about like where this lies, what universe this is in. I think it, that makes sense when you've got Suicide Squad. It's obviously in that universe, but when you've got Joker, which is in its own thing, the Batman, which is going to be separate from this, we assume. We don't really know what's going on with that, but it sounds like it is. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I've kind of when I first saw it, I was a bit mad. I don't know if this is for me, but uh, I got to see it before watching Joker, and I enjoyed it a little bit more then. Um, so we've got a few more months till uh, this is another February release date. I'm interested to see how it do. I don't know if it will do particularly well at the box office. Um, but I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic after watching it a second time than I was the first time. Um. And yeah, I'm interested to see what who they introduce. First trailers never give too much away, but it looks doing some good cinematography in there. And yeah, we'll see. I think it's it's a yes for me, not a big yes, but a sort of tentative yes. The next one we got was for the gentleman Guy Ritchie's next film after the the Aladdin. This one's going back to more what you kind of expect from a Guy Ritchie film. Um, also starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, a whole host of the great great people, Pierce Brosnan, um, and a, it, yeah, it's just going back to his normal sort of th- style that you kind of expect from him, and I think that that can only do favors for him. He probably wants a bit of a want a bit of a break after Aladdin, just to kind of do what he really wants to do without any restrictions. Um, so you've got Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, who's on a great run of form at the moment, Colin Farrell, uh, Hugh Grant, Michelle Dockery. Did I say Pierce Brosnan was in this? Or maybe I meant... I think I meant Hugh Grant. Wow. Well done, James. Well done. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm interested. I like that... I like that this is what directors seem to be doing now. I think this is what Taika Waititi is doing, uh, having doing, done Jojo Rabbit, and then he'll go on to do Thor. And um, Guy Ritchie's just done Aladdin, doing The Gentleman. Whether he does Aladdin 2 after this, is, um, we'll wait and see. But I think that's exciting to see. I like the the these talented people getting to do their own thing, whatever they want, and then they'll go and do a franchise thing where they can put their own spin on stories and characters that they obviously love and want to tell stories for. And I think that's really interesting and exciting to see, um, as well as giving new opportunities to younger, to filmmakers that just want to be able to tell their own unique stories as well as doing these big films. And I think that really works well for everyone and lets their creative side show. And if this does, particularly if this does well, I think, um, That'll be uh, what Hollywood will continue to do. Um, yeah, this trailer looks solid. I think a similar sort of thing was to with the Birds of Prey trailer. It kind of went a bit meh for me to start with, but 
on a second rewatch, I enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, uh, this one's got a January release date, so it's not too far away. Um, but January and January is always that worrying sort of time. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it can mean good or bad things. The next trailer we got was for Clint Eastwood's next film, uh, called Richard Jewell. Uh, a story I don't know too much about, about the guy who found the bomb in, uh, Atlanta 96, uh, around the Olympics, um, starring Paul Walter Hauser, and I think he's someone who's really grown and his, his name's last on the trailer, um, Purely, purely because people don't know him, but I think he's quickly become one of those guys who's like, oh, I recognise him from something. I think he was great in I, Tonya. He was, I think he's in um, Cobra Kai as well. And he's sort of been picking up these small sort of roles and doing really well, and I'm glad that he's got a lead role in this, and we'll get to see a little bit more of him. You've got some great uh, background cast as well in... Uh, so supporting cast is Sam Rockwell, Kathy Bates, John Hamm, Olivia Wilde, um, and Clint Eastwood. I find can be a little bit. Uh, he's, I, he's normally pretty solid. I really liked The Mule last year, and obviously he's probably most known um, for directing anyway, uh, for something like An American Sniper, um, being the recent sort of ones. Um, as I just looked down some of the other oh yeah of course he did Sally J Edgar Invictus loads of it he's done obviously quite a lot Million Dollar Babies the biggest one or Unforgiven um, but th those ones being a little bit longer ago um, but yeah no I'm I'm definitely excited to see more Clint Wastewood. he um, did he direct the mule now I don't know off the top of my head I'm gonna look that up. Uh, but he was he was great in the mule, um, and this one he obviously likes to go into these sort of true sort of stories, and um, if that's yeah, where come on it's now loading. Da, 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 da. I can't multitask. Actor in the mule, I know he acted in it. Let's go down director. The Mule, yeah, he did. I knew he did. Oh, yeah, and then he did 15, 17 to Paris, which wasn't great before that. Um, but I th I, I've still got a lot of faith in him. I think, yeah, like I said, The Mule was great, and uh, based on true story, like this story is, and I think that's really interesting. Um, not a story I know too much about. Um, and with a great cast like you've got, I think this one... Uh, I'm not really hearing anything about it, so I think it might be a similar sort of situation to The Mule as to where... Um, audiences enjoy it, but it just doesn't pick up any traction uh, award season. Um, but you never know, it might. Um, but that's a yes from me. I'm really interested to see this one with the December release date. Uh, like I said, not too many headlines this week. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to go over some of the big topics and then go on to box office. I imagine this is going to be a short sort of episode. Um, the first headline that we got was Tom Holland's involvement in getting... Uh, Spider-Man back into the MCU for one film and uh, one more Spider-Man film and then his role in another one. He spoke to Sony CEO and he managed to get in contact with Bob Iger as well and sort of reminded them of the fans and I think that's really interesting about I don't 
just the business sort of side of it. And Bob Iger was on Jimmy Kimmel and said that when he they opened renegotiations with Sony about sorting this out for the fans, how they just weren't aware. And I find that fascinating that they just weren't aware of or how that's the way Bob Iger made it sound uh, I imagine there must have been some sort of awareness and I think Tommy said on the last episode about um that it was probably more likely that Sony leaked it and but perhaps that's why Tom Holland went to Bob Iger like we need to sort this out and um obviously spoke to Sony as well and it's obviously worked out well it's interesting that the actor himself he obviously wants to be in the MCU and I think he thrives onto that and enjoys being part of that universe um and that's, I think he made that very clear, and I think that's worked out now for everyone that Spider-Man will be back, and, um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I, I, I'm still unsure, we're still unsure as to what the future will be after that, um, but we've got a couple of years till we find out 2021, until we find out what happens after that big cliffhanger from Spider-Man Far From Home, um, the next headline was that Clerks 3 got announced. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about this because um, I feel like Tommy probably would have been the better person to talk about this. Um, uh, I've only watched the first Clerks. I haven't watched uh, much else of Kevin Smith's. Um, I know his uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot comes out very soon. Um, but sure, Clerks 3, I just want, if he wants to continue making this sort of thing, uh, he's obviously got a lot going on. Uh, he's obviously working on the Howard the Duck animated series as well. Um, so he's a busy guy. If it, this is the story that he wants to tell, and the Clerks being the thing that really got his career going, um, to at least get a third one out kind of makes sense. And then nowadays, when it seems like you've got to make a trilogy just for everything, I'm not overly surprised that this is happening. Obviously, the drama behind the scenes of, uh, I can't remember which guy it is that they fell out with, which is why they hadn't done it before. Um, but it's good that they've managed to squash that beef and made it like a similar sort of thing as to where they're getting it done for the fans. And um, Kevin Smith's on is always that big nerd that everyone loves to talk about, and it's not really a, necessarily a surprise that this is gonna move ahead. Um, something which a lot of people have found a surprise is that Marvel have started their uh, Oscar campaign or award season campaign um, and they've pushed for uh, quite a lot which is not really a surprise for Endgame um, given that it's the highest grossing film of all time you're thinking of, you think of Avatar, Titanic films that obviously did really really well at the box office as well as the comparison to Return of the King, where it's the end of this arc, at least for the MCU. Um, but surprisingly, Robert Downey Jr. was left off there. I think a lot of people kind of expecting Marvel to kind of perhaps push for a supporting role for him and uh, and potentially pushing for that sort of award for him as the sort of legacy that he's done and built over the 10 years. Uh, so fans are already like trying to uh, start petitions and stuff as everything everyone does now if you're not happy about something start a petition um, because that's obviously how it works um, and that doesn't mean that he can't get nominated it just means that it'll be a lot less likely um, 
maybe he doesn't want it. Maybe he's not. He's probably not worried. He's made a lot of money from these films, getting an Oscar for this role. I'm sure he'd be over the moon about it. But um, maybe he isn't. Maybe he wants to move on from this role. And um, although with the rumors that he might appear in Black Widow, who knows? Um, but I don't know. I I'm not. I, I am a little bit disappointed. I don't know whether he would have won anyway. To be honest, um, I think. There are some other roles that I've seen in other films that I probably I can think of at least one that I'd put above him, and with very early into award season, um, so it's not it's not a big surprise to me. Um, I'm sure Tommy would maybe say that maybe the Golden Globes will give him a nom, but um, I, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned Golden Globes. Um, but yeah, no, there's still early days. If there isn't really anything else that supporting actor wise um one i'd be surprised to start with but he might still get the nom um i think there are other categories that endgame will win i'm thinking visual effects maybe the cinematography one because i really like that score perhaps there are other categories that they'll definitely pick some stuff on um, they are still going for best picture um so maybe they'll pick up the nom in there like they did uh last year with uh black panther and uh, it'd be interesting as well if Joker got, and then you'd have have both uh, Marvel and DC film in Best Picture category. That'd be really interesting, and that'd be a big statement. Uh, the last little headline we've got before I go into the bigger headline of the week that everyone's talking about. The smaller one is that Inspector Gadget is getting uh, a movie in development with Disney, whether that'll be a Disney Plus thing or not. We'll wait and see. I imagine it probably will be. I think that there are other films uh, with Matthew Broderick. Uh, I haven't really watched them. I remember watching a uh, pretty much it video, if you know what that is. They kind of watch the film and then they post some of the highlights from that um, with the like just little segments of that on their channel. Um, th- uh, that was the last thing that I've rewatched with the live action Inspector Gadget film. In. I don't remember enjoying them. It would have been a long time ago that I actually watched the first one. I don't remember anything of the second one at all. Um, but I think there's definitely a market for it. I remember really enjoying the animated show. Um, I think loads of people or the unforgettable theme tune. I think I think it's definitely really interesting. He's an interesting character who we haven't seen for a while. Uh, I think there's definitely a market for it. So I'd definitely watch it. If it was out there, I don't know who you'd get for the role. Um, but I think that sort of detective or inspector, I think for children, I think that could really work and be like the Sherlock sort of silly sort of character that he was for children. I think that could um, be really interesting and bring that back into the into the zeitgeist, really. Uh the big headline of the week was that Martin Scorsese, who's obviously doing the rounds at the moment because of uh, The Irishman, um, made a comment about how he doesn't like Marvel films and how he doesn't think they are cinema and that they're just like a roller coaster. Um, the roller coaster analogy I find very interesting and I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, but I do disagree that, well, 
first of all, it's his opinion. If he doesn't like these films, then fine. That's not for everyone. I'm sure there's loads of people out there who don't like Martin Scorsese films. Um, and obviously, the you can like both, but I think Scorsese one he might we don't know which one he watched. He might have watched Thor: The Dark World. He might have watched The Incredible Hulk. He might have watched. He might have watched daredevil or something or Electra or something um I, but even if you watched some one of the some of the better ones it might just not be for him he the which the films are marketed for him and so it's not necessarily a surprise but i think it's it's an odd comment necessarily to make i don't know why he made it. i haven't seen the interview itself i only saw uh his quote from the interview um i think it's obviously to be the highest grossing film of all time at the cinema. It's getting people into the cinema and as a filmmaker, he should be, um, I don't know, appreciative of that, but I think just aware of that the people are going to watch these films. This is the reason that people go to the cinema nowadays to see these sort of grand, huge stories um, that have been adapted from the comic book to escape rather than go from go to the, I think of, uh, something like a, uh, Goodfellas, or even the Irishman, which is coming up, something that's more serious, and as good as those can be, I, I think they're for a specific film-loving audience, rather than the mass appeal, which I think Marvel has, and if that's getting people into the cinema, I think that's only a good thing for the industry altogether, um, I think it's an odd thing to say that it's not that he doesn't think that the cinema. I think that's really odd. Um, but uh, a lot of the other people in the MCU have come out and like made some comments about it. Like Samuel L. Jackson came out and made a comment. Um, uh, I think someone else did. I can't remember who. Um, but they're just not for him. And I think that like I know that other people that don't watch these films. Like, I wouldn't expect uh, any of my grandparents to watch them. Like, it's not for them. Um, let's move on to the final part of the show where we look at box office. Um, the weekend's new releases was Joker. Um, but we'll look at the weekend before, um, which was when uh, Abominable came out. Yeah, Abominable came out. Um, taking the box office, getting 20.6 million on its opening weekend, followed by Downton Abbey dropping from 1 to 2 with 14.3 million. Hustlers going up a couple of places from 5th to 3rd with 11.3 million. Um, it Chapter 2 staying in at 4 with 10.2 million. And Ad Astra in jumping from second place to fifth place with ten million. Um, so it's all quite close in that, especially from three to three to five. It was all very close. Um, and yeah, like I said, Joker's the big one that everyone's been talking about. The box office results. Uh, ha- I don't think the actuals are out there yet, but um, I think everyone's aware that that crushed at the box office. But we'll talk about that next week on uh, the show. Um, so be sure to join us then as we go through all the week's trailers, headlines, and box office from the week. And 
hopefully next Sunday. We always try and get it out on Sunday. If it's not, then it's always Monday. We'll always get something out for you guys. We're busy people at the moment, and uh, as you may be aware, me, myself and Tommy are in different different locations now, so it makes it a little bit harder. Um, but as we get try and get back into the routine of getting this show on regularly for you guys, just bear with us, stick with us. Uh, we'll have some great uh, content coming up for you. We already spoke about Comic-Con, where we've got some good ideas at the end of this month. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube. If you're not subscribed there, you can also find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please go and subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts, particularly. That really helps us out. Uh, leave a five-star five comment or review. Um it really, really does help the show out and the algorithm on there. Like I said, follow us on, uh, subscribe on YouTube. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where a lot of people that I know get their film news now from the Insider Network Facebook page, at least. As well as following us on Instagram and Insider Network. Just type in at Insider Network, um, underscore, with the underscore on Twitter, not with the underscore if you're looking for us on Instagram, find me at Floodgate28. Find Tommy at Mr. TT Green, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>